Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. I do want to share with you today... The title of my message is Grace versus Mercy. Um, I've got a, it's interesting, uh, there's this young lady who heard me minister, I don't know, six months ago or so with, at Bill Vanderbush's. And in, in her heart, she was connected to me and she's been connected to the church and she's She's an intercessor. She's a prophetic intercessor and definitely hears God. <clears throat> and she's emailed some dreams and things to me and Rodney. And and I don't I just want to go ahead and publicly confess. If you send me emails and you get a one-liner like, yep, I don't do emails. I don't do text. It's because I don't spell real well. And so she uh, she hit me up on my my Facebook. I have a new vehicle, and and this weekend, this week, I think it was Wednesday, I was driving through Sanford, and I was speeding in a in a uh, school zone. I clearly saw the two police officers there, and I clearly ignored it. And uh, so he pulls me over, and he said, "Do you know why I pulled you over?" I'm like, "I have a hint that." You and your buddy were sitting there in a school zone, and I just missed it. And he goes, that'd be true. And uh, he, uh, he says, uh, let me go get my radar gun and show you your speed. I'm like, I trust you, man. I said, my son was a police officer. And he says, where at? I said, Volusia County. And uh, <clears throat> I said, and I just, I pray for you guys in blue. I said, I'm, I'm guilty as charged. And. So he's writing my ticket, and I have a temporary tag on my truck, so I guess he took time. Meanwhile, I'm praying. Dear Jesus, I need grace. Dear Jesus, I did not intentionally drive through that school zone. School zones, man, they like double and triple. I'm like, if Susie sees that hit on the credit card, I'm dead. She'll make me turn in. Yeah, it, it just and it was just I was just praying, God, I need grace. God, I need grace. Lord, you know, I didn't intentionally do this. And I mean, it's just like, ah. So he comes up and and he says, oh, nice truck. I said, yeah, thank you. And uh, he gives me a warning and he says, tell your son this is a professional courtesy. And so. Uh, as I'm pulling away, I said, Lord, thank you for grace. And he rebuked me. You of all people should know the difference between grace and mercy. I'm like, oh, man, it's like he drug me to the woodshed and started whooping me. You of all people should know the difference between grace and mercy. He said, you know, that was mercy because you admitted your guilt to the police officer. But you asked me for grace. And it started this all-day dialogue that wasn't pleasant. 
even though I got out of the ticket, even though God was with me, and this whole all day thing, that frustration Ron was talking about. Ron works for me. He's part of mine. <laughs> and I'm part of his. You, you know, what am I calling? I'm saying that's life. So this, this, this lady, Kelly, she sees, because I posted on Facebook, warning, blah, blah, blah. So she sends me a private message, and it's just like, whatever. I just love prophetic people. And, and, and it wasn't an accusation. It was an observation. And, and basically, she said, why? Uh, and she's probably listening, so I got to be nice. She basically, she said, what were you speeding past? Who, who did you miss by speeding? You know, you're speeding. You're, you're passing up the importance. And this is where I got in trouble because the kids went back to school. We didn't pray over them. That's where that came from. And then she's saying, you know, who, who are you so busy that you're walking away and not teaching? And I'm, I'm like, is she accusing me? And I heard the Lord say, no, I am. I'm like, dang it. And so I'm, I'm re regurgitating my day. And, and I had to drop my truck off, use Ron's car. Ron had things to do. And somehow I had to take his daughter to the airport. <laughs> it worked out real well. But, but I'm sharing all this. This is life with Jesus. You know, Ron talked about the birth pain, the pressure. You know, we want to blame the devil on everything else. Most of the time, it's not the devil. It's, it's us. And so I'm irritated because now I got to quit my day in a time that I didn't want and take his daughter to, to the airport, and, and I have an attitude. And I heard the Lord say, did I not give you mercy less than two hours ago, and you have no mercy now? I'm like, what the heck? And then he starts quoting these stinking. Let me sh share what he quotes. Matthew chapter 7, verse 2. Let's go to the contemporary English version. God will be as hard on you as you are on others. He will treat you exactly as you treat them. Now, that's a woodshed moment. I've been in the woodshed so much this week, we redecorated it. I found a place for my deer head and my wild turkey. Let me read that again. God will be as hard on you as you are on others. He will treat you exactly as you treat them. Ooh, does that work with you or your spouse? That might be the first version of the Bible verse I give you when you complain about your spouse. Maybe you're reaping what you sowed, knucklehead. Okay. Anyway. But it was funny was is 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 this Kelly lady. She long and story short, I just like she asked some other questions on something I said, and finally I said, listen, I don't email and I'll do text. Here's my phone number, call me. So I talked to her almost three hours last night on the phone, and she's totally connected. She hears God. And, and, and it just, you, you know when you're talking to somebody that, that is talking your frequency, 
and it was encouraging. And I realized that God is connecting people to me at a level of, of a promise from 1997. They're intercessors. They see the call. They see the church. And, and, and I believe that it, we, we need to just ask God to connect us with those intercessors because you're not, we're not going to be successful as a church or as an individual without intercession. And so th- this is where it is. She, she gave me a quote last night from one of her friends, uh, Jean Oliver. She, here was a quote. So this is my quote of the day. The Lord's definition of justice is mending the places where love was lost. I said, text that to me because I'm going to steal it. I'll give this lady credit once. Once. The Lord's definition of justice is mending the places where love was lost. So as I was frustrated and had to leave and, and go get Hannah and got spanking, the Lord says, did you not pray this morning before you left the house that this was my day and I could use you any way I wanted to? I'm like, yes. He said, you think your assignment was to get your truck worked on and you think your assignment was to come and get here? He says, uh, you, you can't hear my voice anymore. Your assignment is Hannah. And you're frustrated. How can you give her the encouragement and the word that I wanted to give her today? Today is about her, and you can't hear me because you're frustrated. Dang. Then, I mean, if we're talking, you want, you want the rest of the woodshed? The reason you didn't verbally complain is you actually needed a ride. So if you didn't need a ride, you'd have already made an issue out of it. And then he said something to me because I was complaining. He goes, it's good to be king and I'm him. Because Ron will tell you, I say, people look at me, I'm like, it's good to be king. And, and man, he turned that one on me. <laughs> it's good to be king. <clears throat> and it, even to the point where he, uh, he said, you got, any, you got any boomerang money? Yeah. I want you to do this and this and this. And I just, I just lectured Hannah. I lectured her on some things. And I poured into her and I loved her and then God told me to give her money and she says this is going to be a new standard in my house my father cannot lecture me unless he pays me (laughs) (laughs) so that might be part of this this household frustration that he's going through because I'm setting him up for failure (laughs) and I'm like girl I don't know if it's going to work but try it (laughs) But 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 you know I I walked away I I I walked away from Hannah feeling um pastoral feeling loving knowing I heard God and and then he starts this, you're so busy sometimes, and you're so this sometimes, and you drive through school zones, and and then this lady sends me a message, and I'm like, I don't like her either. But, but, but 
the issue is we need people in our lives that will push us and tweak us. I believe that God is trying to speak to us, but he's going to use people that we're not familiar. I think Ron said it. He's going to bring his voice in, in unfamiliar places and unfamiliar people. You know, out of, the, out of the mouth of a babe, we have to hear the voice of God. And God is definitely changing the frequency. God is definitely changing the protocol because he's up, he is birthing something new. Okay. Grace versus mercy. One of the most prominent stories in the Bible is that King David, despite being a great ruler, he was a fornicator and adulterer. <clears throat> but he's not alone. There's plenty of other Bible characters. Uh, Saul was a disbeliever. Moses was a doubter. Jacob was a liar. Despite this, God made them his witness and used them to accomplish his purpose. Sign me up, Jesus. Not only did he forgive them, not only did he forgive them, but he also endued them with unmerited favor. You see, this is the grace versus mercy. This is when, he, you know, he tuned me up. Like the Bible characters, we are all recipients of God's mercy and grace as well. We've been granted both. But he, here's what he said to me. He said, son, you have this in your heart, but you haven't put it into the right language. Um, one of the things is this sloppy grace that movement it went through uh, the Christianity, and in some cases is, uh, just irritates the fire out of me. Um, it, but there's a balance to it. And so I think that a, the additional adjustment is what is grace and what is mercy? So I wrestled this all week. Despite having sinned over and over again, he has shown us kindness and compassion. He even sent his own son to all of us that we can be saved, an act of grace that we did not deserve. In Christian theology, grace is often classified into two types, common and saving grace. Okay? Grace is two areas, common grace and saving grace. It's God's grace to all of humanity, regardless of your faith or your belief in him. Examples of common grace are the beauty of creation, the life we enjoy, the resources we are provided with. A saving grace, meanwhile, is that which provides salvation to a person. This type of grace is manifested, manifest in Jesus Christ himself, who he sent to save us. Though often used interchangeably, this is what I, when I read this, I said, that's what I did today, God. Grace and mercy differ in many ways. In a nutshell, they are two sides of the same coin. Grace is a gift we do not deserve, while mercy is not getting the punishment we deserve. In the dictionary, grace is defined as courteous goodwill. So I decided to call Mr. Revelator, Bill Vanderbush, and I said, you have, I want a two-sentence. I, I don't want a book to read. I want two sentences. Tell me the difference between grace and and mercy, I figured out, he puts me on the spot. And in about two seconds, he sends this back. Grace is who he is, and mercy is what he does. I'm like, dang, I'm done. Grace is who Jesus is. 
Mercy is what he does. I'm like, wow, I've been in trouble for three days. I should have asked three days ago. And so, boom. Ephesians 1, 7 and 9. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Whose grace? It's him. Which he lavishes upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. Jesus is grace. The person of Jesus Christ is grace. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. In them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. You keep hearing this word mystery. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So who, who, who has Jesus in their heart? So Jesus is in you. You got grace. He is grace. Does this make sense so far? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 8 through 10. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this. This is Paul talking. That it should, should leave me. He's talking about a, a, a weakness in his flesh. My, but the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. What the heck does that mean? Sounds like my prayer life. Oh, dear Jesus, help me, help me, help me, help me. Um, my grace is sufficient. Well, what does it look like? It's me. What, what are you talking about? Your grace is sufficient. I want to kill people. I want to, I want to respond. My emotions are, my, my grace is sufficient. What is he saying there? Pull on my character because you have none. If it's in me, if grace is in me, there's an empowerment of his nature and his identity and his character that if I can humble myself and realize I'm a knucklehead, I'm about to do something stupid, pull on his nature, his character, his identity, and it will empower me to do what's right. Does that make sense? His grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. We're not weak enough to say, I can't do this. If you're not weak, you ain't found grace. But if you're weak, you can say, Lord, I have responsibility. I have to go to work. I have to do this. But I'm weak. And then you you pull from the innermost being of his nature, his strength. Listen. I was talking to this lady last night, and we were talking about Susie. I said, let me tell you something about my wife. She can't stand the religious folk that have all the answers. But you put her in a room full of addicts and prostitutes and and, one, and love Jesus and are struggling, she'll love them. But if you act like you've already got the answers, she could care less. In other words, if, you, if, if, if she doesn't see a weakness or a vulnerability, you, you must think you got it. She, she won't give you the time of day. She sees my weakness and she loves me. (laughs) 
catch this. And <laughs> what was that? Grace. That's her middle name. Susan Grace. Her mother was amazing Grace. My mother was great. I have grace all around me. I just don't have it. I need it in me. <laughs> around you is good. In you is, in you is better. I, 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 for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast in all the more gladly in my weakness. He's bragging on his weakness. He's not now. Now he's not being mullygrub. He's, he's realized his weakness, his surrender that I can't do this without you. He's bragging on that because that's the doorway to the, for the supernatural power. The supernatural identity change. When, come on, let, let's get real here. When you pulled one off, you come home and you go, baby, I made a sale today. I signed a contract today. You, 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 you want to take all the credit because you actually obeyed God, but down inside, if God didn't help you, you wouldn't get squat. <laughs> you know what I mean? We lay our head down and we go, wow, you're trusting me with your power. You're trusting me with your influence. And I'm so grateful because I really know I'm weak. And when I continue to stay in that state of, 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 of humility, his grace becomes more obvious. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Huh. Do you, do you realize this is an internal working until that? The revelation is I'm weak and he's strong, and when I'm weak, his strength shows. It activates something in the atmosphere, and now his power comes on me because of what, went hap what happened on the inside of me. Are you catching this? So, so, so what am I saying? The, the internal grace in you is activated by the need that the power comes on you to do the work to minister to that, that clerk in front of you, to, to, to impress that customer that you're trying to get a PO from. That's, that's the power on you because you've, you've made the right adjustments in you. I hope I'm saying that right. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Huh? Welcome to Christianity 101. This, this, this doesn't work. No. This is where we, we have an answer to everybody that's freaking out over the insults, the hardships, the persecutions, and the calamities. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. When you haven't understood this scripture, you will be a negative talker. How you doing? Well, you know, the economy stinks. President's got this. Did you see that debate? 
Holy moly. Jesus help him. And everything becomes negative because you haven't figured out he's strong. Because he's strong, I'm strong. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Who saved us and called us to his holy calling. Holy calling. Not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave to us in Christ Jesus before the ages begin. He's calling us to a holy lifestyle. Now listen, I'm not talking about holy, put a Pentecostal hair, hair bun on you and don't drink coffee or anything else. And don't go out with girls that do, you know. That's not the holiness. The holiness is being set aside for his use. When, when he took me to the woodshed over my, my complaining about having to take Hannah to the airport, I, I got, I, okay, all right, got it, got it. He says, would you just be holy? I'm like, what, what do you mean? Are you, I would never be unholy with Hannah. He goes, son, holy's not your action. Holy's your willingness to obey. He said, we, we put holiness into behavior when holiness is obedience. And I'm like, dang, you're going to get all my money too, ain't you? Ephesians 4, 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So where does it come from? Oh, the one that's in you. And it's a gift. Oh, you didn't earn it? Oh, it, you know, if you, if you earn the gift, then it's, it's a possession. This is not a possession. This is a gift. The problem is... You have such human thinking that you, you, we go into performance to get it instead of identity of receiving it. True humility realizes it's a gift. I get to use it. I get to drive it like I stole it. <laughs> Don't go through his <laughs> <laughs> that's later in the day it was later in the day Rodney well we'll just merge right into that so I finally get Hannah done and get with Ron and he drops you off to get my truck and, and, and I promised to go to Tristan's house for like two weeks. My grace wasn't sufficient because I had a deadline. I needed an eight-foot ladder, and there was one back here, and it was Rodney's, and, and I got this new bed on the back of my truck. And would... Anyway, I'm driving down I-4. I looked in the rearview mirror, and I'm like, that looks like a ladder on the highway. And it's going as fast as that car beside me. No, that couldn't be the ladder that's in the back of my truck. <laughs> Have you ever seen an 18-wheeler hit an eight-foot ladder, fiberglass ladder? It goes, boom! By the time I whooped around to find it, it was not usable. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I had to call. No, I didn't let him. I didn't even stop. Well, actually, by the time the police came in, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know whose letter that is. <laughs> I was giving somebody grace, myself, <laughs> and mercy. No. So, so I called Tristan. I'm like, hey, um, I ain't coming. <laughs> Why? Uh, I don't have a ladder. Really? What happened? Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, so, so here's, so here's, here's, here's the inside information. The woodshed again. What is your excuse for not strapping down that ladder? I have a very good excuse. It's a brand new pickup truck, and I had no straps in the truck. And here's what he said. Yeah, and this is a new season, and you have no straps to tie down this next season with me. So if I'm giving you something new, don't try to haul something that you can't hold. No, it was, it was orange. He's going to get a green one. Uh, this wasn't, it, it, there's not enough pieces to see it anymore. Okay, so, 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 what, so, so, you know, Ron's word, God's birthing something new. I go to the woodshed, have, have these issues, and my excuse was I have a new truck, and everything I need, I didn't have in it. And so if, if we're going through birth pains and God is pushing something new, listen, you know, when a baby shows up, it's not the time to go, hey, I think I should paint the room. <laughs> or I, I may need a, you know, a crib. You know, you better. And what I'm saying is, is I think some of our frustrations is God's already declared it. We haven't prepared for it. We're not hearing. And, 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 you know, his grace is sufficient, but if you continue to disobey the grace, then you will need mercy. I, I don't know where it was. I think it was men's group or somewhere I, I, we talked about it. Maybe Karen knows. We were talking about a lifestyle of repentance. Repentance has been on our lips for the last couple of months. Well, re repentance is, I missed the grace, now I need mercy. <laughs> The grace inside of me was prompting me to call so-and-so in courage. The grace inside of me was wanting to do this or do that or send a check or do that. And then you miss it. It's not grace. It's, it's a lifestyle repentance. Lord, I missed it. Will you forgive me? He always does. Because that's what grace does. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Grace is not afraid of his own throne. You catching this? Mr. Grace is not afraid of his throne of grace, where he gives mercy. 
if we're not confident that grace lives in us, we will not live a lifestyle of repentance to ask for mercy. Have confidence that I can come to the throne of grace. Grace knows his own throne. Grace knows his own identity. And grace is who he is. Mercy is what he does. Here's the key, James chapter 4, verse 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Your lack of true humility is the greatest hindrance of God doing miracles in your relationships in every area of your life. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Who needs more grace? Then you better find your pride issues. I, I don't think he's going to change his policy just to make you happy. And listen, there's, there's several woodsheds in a row. I have mine personally decorated for my, my like, my decor. You could have yours too. But that woodshed moment is actually his mercy. It says he disciplines the ones he loves. I told him this week, I wish you wouldn't love me so much. <laughs> this is getting painful. Why? But he's getting down to the, to, 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 to the DNA. He's getting down to the DNA. You prayed that morning that this was my day. You could, I could use you. But when I do, you get frustrated. This makes sense. Who lives in you? Mr. Grace himself. Grace is who he is. Mercy is what he does. And if we, we, we get as much as we give, which means I need more and I have to give more. I believe we could heal every marriage that's broken right here. If Susie would obey. That was humor. <laughs> Complete humor. Not the smartest humor I have had lately, but <laughs> Grace is who he is. Mercy is what he does. Stand to your feet. I just felt like I heard someone's prayer. Here's what I felt like I just heard. Lord, thank you for taking pastor to the woodshed so I don't have to go. <laughs> so if you don't use the information of grace and mercy, you will go. <laughs> It'll be on you. 
<laughs> Don't mistake the outhouse for the woodshed. There you go. <laughs> that could be a wasteful event. Anyway. <laughs> but, but listen, I, it, we, it, 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 listen, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Because in my weakness, he... He becomes my strength. So this should be funny, but, but, but it's, it's based in his love for us. It's based that he, he's, we've got a calling. We've got a purpose. I mean, uh, this, this lady last night, she, she sees things in my life that is huge. And basically, she challenged, she challenged me on a statement I made about the Samaritan woman on, on Facebook. And, and she challenged me, is why haven't you won a city yet? Like, oh, God. Prophetically, she sees the calling. Prophetically, she sees this church where we're supposed to be. And, and, and she's just gutsy enough to ask a question that nobody wants to ask. Most of the time, we don't want to hear it because we don't really have a good response. But I'm telling you, we're going to start seeing salvations. The waves are coming. The waves are coming. You just stay right there. Let me let me tell you what I keep doing. I've had this thing on my desk for seven years, maybe. Five to seven years ago. The Lord just speak, the waves are coming. W A I F S. The waves are coming. A waif is a homeless and helpless person, a neglected or an abandoned child. Also, a waif the law is a piece of property thrown away by a fleeing thief and held by the state in trust for the rightful owner to claim it. So I've been prompted th this week, because I look at this every day. Waif is a legal term denoting a piece of property found, and if unclaimed, filled to the, falling to the Lord of the land. I'm asking the Lord, if this was your word to us, that the broken, the homeless, the neglected, the abandoned child, is who you're going to fill this place with? The prostitute, the drug addict? We're going to have to have land. We're going to have to have resources. And, and I believe we're in that season. But the waves are coming. What are we going to do with it? I am too, I am not strong enough to say, oh, I got all the answers. But I'm weak enough to say he does. I cannot fulfill that. We had a funeral here last week. Susie said it was the best funeral she's ever been at. Real people. Real people. There's prostitutes, drug addicts. Loves God. Broken. Those are the waves. This week when I was frustrated with all my woodshed moments, I looked at the same thing and I realized that happened last week. That happened last week. 
It's going to continue to happen as we reach out and let Mr. Grace in us put the power on us to do the work of the ministry. Go and sin no more. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to identitychurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.